Hey, 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 it's Red Summer. Ho, 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 it's Honey Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I do say that, right? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All right, and I say, ha, ha, Because, you know, I'm known for the laugh. So, okay, right. it's oh, Honey yeah. for later. <laughs> you have a great laugh. <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, and we are why. your gay aunties. <laughs> hey, babies. <laughs> hey. We are y'all. already in a good mood, which is good. Um, yes. Because there's been some crazy things going on in the world. Exactly. <laughs> so sometimes you have to fight it with good times, yes. with a smile. Yes, yes, yes. The motherfuckers is crazy. So we have a lot to bring to you today. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a few things we want to talk about. And um, and then we want to properly um, begin to introduce a film that we've mentioned um, on this program um, a few times Mm -hmm. called You People that both me and um, Red was a part of. Um, I uh, produced and directed it and Red was a part of the crew that made it. So um, we want to get down later on the show. We're going to uh, play some clips and we're going to talk about it, kind of revisit it for ourselves, but in turn, introduce it to all of y'all who have never seen you people. Um, but um, first things first, I just want to get <laughs> first. I want to big up um, the women's soccer, U.S. soccer team for, for doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, not just doing it once, but doing it twice. Two times. Back to back. Ow. Now they've and they've won the World Cup more than twice. Okay. It's just the first time they've done it back, back to back. back. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And not only did they win games, they won it like forty nine to zero. <laughs> you oh, know, like wow. <laughs> like they they stomped on them. They came in on classic USA shit. We gonna stomp on y'all and we gonna praise it and yeah. and spike the ball and, and all that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and you know other countries ain't. Sometimes they be like, oh, we don't. That's a little. That's a little too much. That little too much. Like that ain't too much for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we go all us. the way there. We go there. We go there. <laughs> You don't see our our actual football um, games. Oh, you know, y'all yeah. don't see that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but even though they are a powerhouse, okay? And understand, let me, let me say one thing. Um, as someone who has followed soccer, but really followed football, because I didn't fall in love with football, mm-hmm. um, at, we call soccer, um, um, until I started traveling overseas, which was a yeah. minute ago. And when I experienced soccer yeah. <laughs> or football and the rest of the world, that's when you fall in love with it. Because like anything, when a sport is, everyone's invested in the sport, it's just they hype. You right. Know? You know, and when you get to understand the game, you're like, yo, this is dope. I see why everybody's like hyped on this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the one thing I also learned is that, okay, yeah, you got men's soccer. You know, it's, I mean, it's it's gender bias all the way around the world. Mm-hmm. All right. But really the game is not about how strong you are. It's about that footwork and your, okay. f- your feet can be on anyone's, you know, body. Like it doesn't matter whose body it's on. Yeah. You know? Um, it's, it's the footwork, um, it's the team um, work and passing. Like, just like a, um, it's the difference between, say, a team that has one star and that star is dribbling, basketball I'm talking mm-hmm. about, dribbling, doing all the dribbling, doing everything and, you know, Dunking and not and passing everything. the ball. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly, exactly. But 
people more appreciate when that star two can play the game and everybody's in the game. Like it's a full yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pass and they got, they got strategy, to, you know. So soccer is like that. So it's the speed of basketball, but the length of a football team. I mean, a football field. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course they don't use their hands, they use their feet. So I'm saying this to say that there is no reason why the women's U.S. soccer team is paid less than a quarter Mm. than what the men's soccer team the, no, no, no. It's not even the men's soccer team. It's the sucky-ass U.S. <laughs> team that plays in the World Cup where men play. Okay? Because oh. them... Ni- I can't even say Negroes. I can't even say niggas. Because there ain't many of them on there. Mm. Okay? Now, maybe it'll change when some of them, when they start, you know, playing soccer in black neighborhoods, which is really easy to do. All you need is a ball. Right. That's why soccer is so popular, you guys. Because right. anybody can play it. You can be butt-ass poor in Brazil, but you can mm-hmm. wrap some, some duct tape together enough and you make a ball. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, whatever. I All agree. I'm saying. I'm like you that I, like, living in the States, I did not get it. Like, there are a couple of parks in Chicago growing up where the Latino kids like got together and played. Like, we, it just wasn't accessible in my community at all. Um and it wasn't until I was in the Gambia, baby. Like <laughs> I know they went all that line. Like I have not seen a line like that again. Like not even for Beyonce. <laughs> like, they the whole. It was like the whole country was like coming to this game. And when you understand what transportation looks like in countries like that, like what people have had to go through to get to this stadium and to be able to pay for the ticket, like it was awesome. It was awesome. And so that was my first like, oh, this is this is not a game. (laughs) But it is. Right? (laughs) No, this game is not a game (laughs) because everybody is serious. And, you know, yeah, you get to pay attention to it a little more when you when you see the value that people have in it. Yeah, exactly. And and they serious where they they ready to celebrate. They will wrap the line around mm-hmm. the country. Um and 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 they will throw some blows. And they fight yeah. more than we fight. Like they they I don't I don't know about the Africans, but them Europeans, they fight just just for the fuck's sake of it. Like yeah. They just need to give them a reason to fight. You know, they call them hooligans or something like that. But um, no, seriously, they call them hooligans. Like yeah. European, the people who go to soccer games just to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets amped like that. It gets hyphy like that, right? Okay. Um, but, you know, so there is no, there, I'm telling y'all that there is no reason. Like men and I feel that men and women um, can play this game together. And they do mm-hmm. throughout the world. And they do. Yeah, you know, um, but you've all seen that. What's that video? There's some girl. I'm not sure where she's from. Somewhere in South America or Central America. But her footwork, her game, her relationship with that ball mm-hmm. is just. She always takes any boy that comes at her. She takes him out. Yeah, she takes him out because it's easy to take. You don't. It's not about quote unquote strength. Like yeah, you need strength and cardio to like yeah. run up and down a football field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Whatever, that's all relative as long as you can do it. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So, unless, and then like you can use your hand, anybody swinging on you, you know what I'm saying? Nobody, you know, there's some pushing going on maybe, mm-hmm. you know, but it's really a game of footwork and teamwork. So, this whole bullshit of these women getting paid less. And you said it was a quarter? 
less than a quarter, less, less than, than a quarter than what the, than, 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 the, than the guys are getting. To and lose. they suck. I mean, not to like lose. To, to lose, <laughs> to lose. Right. They ain't never won. They never even make it through. Like they don't even make it to like the semifinal. Like mm. you know, because you know the the World Cup World Cup is in you know finals. You got to get past people. They don't ever get past nobody. Wow. They're a joke. They're a joke, yo. Now, mind you, the 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 team in Atlanta, the United. You know, they're like the U.S. chance, but what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. If they can't <laughs> even make US... it past the team that started off barefoot. Like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the only reason is, is because all these other countries, they play once they come out the womb. Yeah. When mama say go outside and play, she mean go yeah, outside and play soccer. Yeah, they go and play soccer. Yep, that's <laughs> soccer, true. Basically, you know, um... So I, I'm just, I just want to big y'all up if any of y'all, because I, I I know a lot of y'all are queer, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if y'all <laughs> listen to your gay aunties, just let you know that me and Red love y'all. We love you. And, and we want to back y'all. y'all. Y'all deserve a lot more money than the men. They really need to flip it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's about earning that loot, y'all have earned that loot. Yeah. So um, anyway, we can support that. We will. Yeah, it reminds me of um, women's tackle football in the u.s Mm. you know i i know women who have retired from playing ball like they played for 10 12 years injured like real it's full contact real injuries everything they're now repping and coaching and all kind of stuff and they have paid out of pocket every year to play <laughs> and so like I mean, you love that game so much that like you you do what you have to do to play but the respect based on gender is it's, it's so ridiculous. ridiculously obvious that yeah mm-hmm. and i've heard men just be like well if they not wearing lingerie then why well, i'm a watch wow mm-hmm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you only love the game when men are playing it basically. Right. So you know you don't really love the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, all I know is that everything is relative. Yeah. So, you know, I learned early on, well, rather, I remember when I was, uh, was it ninth grade? I remember the first time, I don't know if if you remember your first time where it really hit you that boys think that we're less than, Mm. right? And... You know, maybe you're oblivious to that. You know, I remember when the first time I had like a fight with a boy in elementary school, that's when I first kind of recognized, oh, there's a little strength differential. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I remember being outside my building as like, a, I think I was in like ninth grade or something like that. And I forgot this boy's name. I'll recognize him any day if I see him. But he was like, um, yo, I'm so happy I ain't no damn girl, yo. You know, girls is weak. Like she had something, something. He said it loud. Mm. He said it real loud. Like he was jumping up excited about it. You know what I mean? I'm like... And I just, I, I just took it, the, I took it in, and I'm like, I remember that feeling, like, huh? You know what I mean? I was like, so, wow. So is that true? Now, obviously, yeah. I've worked through those feelings, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but think about our, how little girls, right? Whether they, um, you know, little girls, trans girls, whatever, little little girls being raised in this country. And they have to, I mean, they have to combat so much, but that core thing of thinking that they're less than from the giddy up, they're whatever mm-hmm. sports team they're, if they play sports, because most girls aren't encouraged to play sports. And I right. say, please have your child play sports. Mm-hmm. If you don't want them to fucking um, do real drugs in <laughs> high school, 
<laughs> no, seriously. Because yeah. if you're serious about your sports, you're not doing real drugs. You're yeah. not. Maybe a little weed every now and then, but you ain't doing no real drugs if you're serious about your sports, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, steroids is a whole different issue, but I'm just saying, right? So, but I'm saying this. Do sports, 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 sports. I'm all about sports. But, um, so... You know, as these girls, you know, even, you know, when they join the, these teams, there's always this inherent understanding that in some way the boys are better. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that it's, no, it's not about better or good or who's stronger. It's about, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. It really is all relative because I've seen a nigga get beat down by a girl. Mm-hmm. It's not about her size. It's not about even her strength. That can be a factor. Yeah. You know, but if she know how to fight, mm-hmm. she know how to fight. <laughs> you know, if she know how to run, she know how to run. She may not beat every boy, but trust me, mm-hmm. she beat some boys. She gonna beat some of them. <laughs> she gonna beat some of them. You know yeah. what I mean? But I mean, I don't. Maybe I'm not even propping this up right. But I just, I just wish people just dropped that man because it's, it's, it's. I would love to see. A generation of boys and girls grow up playing each other. Mm-hmm. At least in elementary school, like start there, like on teams where it's not separated so early. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah. I was not allowed to play sports at all growing up. Oh, that's right. Your folks was hardcore. No, no, no. And it wasn't my my parents. I went mm-hmm. to art school, and so mm-hmm. I never had a gym class past third grade. What? Never. I never had a gym class. I had like a conditioning, like exercise class in college. Like, but I, from third grade through 12th grade. Wasn't that a, against the law? It wasn't no. it like Because I had dance. So I had dance. Oh, so it okay. qualified. All right. All right. Yeah. So I never got to like do the, and we had a pool at my high school. I couldn't go learn how to swim. I wasn't allowed to take like the regular gym classes. I didn't get the, do the rope thing like none of it Mm -hmm. let alone like have a chance to be on a sports team and like i i noticed that Mm. (laughs) i noticed the difference i you know i noticed the camaraderie and it wasn't until it wasn't until i pledged that i started going to like the sporting events um and it was because my line sister was on the basketball team and we would go because nobody would go to the girls games. Yeah. Right. And like the cheerleaders wouldn't show up until the end of the game. Like the people would start Damn. coming at the end, like at the end of the girls games. And I went to Gramlin. Our girls won. Like you said, for, for the soccer team, like our girls yeah. won and our boys didn't. And it did not matter. Like crowd wise, like support wise, the boys still got like all of the um, what do you like when the uh, different uh, athletic uh, oh my god, what am I thinking of? Like the sponsorship, no, like the sponsorship, yeah, we're like, you know, I guess we were with Nike at the time, so like they got all the uniforms and all like the cool stuff, like in public, and we're losing. And the girls were winning. <laughs> and we were only, like, and had my line sister not been on the team, I would never have even known what time the girl that the girls played before the boys. Because they didn't come up the game. <laughs> right. It just wasn't, it wasn't um, a value to the community. And how can you, like, you playing for your school. Like, you're going to school on a full ride and nobody cares. <laughs> you're just out there. Like, I that stuck with me. 
That's one of those memories I have. And here's the thing, like with basketball, not even basketball, but like with any sport, the thing that you go to like cheer is like when something happens in the game where there's a momentum. Like, okay, she got the ball, she going, she going, she going, she going. Like, you go for that. Like, what? I mean, at this point, girls are starting to dunk. But that was an excuse. Like, oh, I wanted, I was like, so you just go to a basketball game to see a nigga dunk? Mm. Like, what exactly are you going to the game for? I know yeah. when I went to, I always went to my school game because I just thought it was fun because everybody was like, oh, shit, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and you rooting for your, you know, you know people personally and it's like, it's fun, you mm-hmm. know? So anyway, I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just over it. It's like, it's 2019 and we, and in regards to like sports, we still in the Stone Age. Yeah. You know, we pre-America. You know, we pre-Europe. <laughs> we still in the motherfucking Stone Age with this. Definitely. So, we'll leave you with just saying, you know, for y'all who are listening, what exactly mm. do you like about the sport that you like? Yeah. Why do you go to the games? Really ask, ask yourself that question. If you don't go to, to quote-unquote, girl games mm. um, or uh, the women's team um, for the same sport that you say you love. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, shout out to Lil Sister Coco, the tennis champ or tennis player. Oh my God. Oh my Venus. God. I don't know oh her last my name. God. I, golf. I missed it. I golf. think it's golf. It's G A U F F golf. Okay. Gaff, golf. Um, yo, I, I, just the sight of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, not just, I mean, Cause she's 15, right? So basically yeah. when she started tennis, you know, uh, Venus and Serena were kicking ass already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you, I can't imagine who, that's like me getting on stage with Tina Turner. I don't know what I would do. And like, <laughs> like that's like me performing with Tina Turner and I do a note or something that make her stop in her tracks and just look at me. I think I would faint. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't know how that is to, to play your idol and beat mm-hmm. your idol, and then the beauty of all of us seeing literally your idol passing the baton yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and it's I, it's I, I, all I, graceful and it's all beautiful. Like I have really been enjoying the just the little bits that I've been seeing. I've been in a, a bit of a, a cocoon <laughs> these last few days, <laughs> but I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, it was it it was beautiful and and it's almost like Venus saying, "Not only my passing the baton, letting y'all, my motherfuckers in the damn audience know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like and it continues on because all yeah. we needed was one. Yeah, you know now now this now it's you you gonna just just know that tennis we taking over, mm-hmm. we taking over, we taking over. Period. Get you to all it. right, <laughs> all right. Before we go into you people, um, I wanna uh, there's something else um that uh. I found out about that happened during World Pride in New York City that I think needs to be spoken to. Um, And it's also going to be connected to what we talk about with you people. And so, uh, just for clarity for me, World Pride is different from, like, I know New York has... You've really been in a... No, I know New York has, like, 17 different Prides. No, not not, I know, we got one for each borough, right? And then, like, the New York Pride. And, <laughs> right. And then the Black Pride. And then and so is Brooklyn there... Pride, Queens Pride. You know, yeah. like, you said, got a Pride, I think. Oh, maybe, but no. then there's, oh. like, a particular day that is, like, a everybody Pride. Yes. And so I'm not sure if this is the first time it's been in New York or the second. I got to... I should ask my friend because she went. Um, But um, 
But it's a big deal because it's like world pride. So people come from all around the world mm. to a particular city for, you know, world pride. Okay. And so this year it was in New York City Pride. It also was the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why they, they made it in New York. Right, right. right. So that's, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. You know, I wish I could have gone, but it, I'm so happy that people from around the world congregated or, you know, made their way to New York and just had a ball. Mm -hmm. Except, except for an incident, I'm going to call it that, because I'm going to try and rein in my cursing. Okay? <laughs> I'll try. So, at Stonewall, mm -hmm. okay, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, mm -hmm. a black trans woman made her way on stage essentially to re-express to everybody mm -hmm. <laughs> the level to which black uh, trans women are being killed out here in these streets. Killed, maimed, abused, mm -hmm. you name it. Mm -hmm. And might I add, this is an extension of just a hatred for women. Because women, uh, uh, non-trans women, women, cisgender women rather, still getting beat up, killed, all of that, yeah. mutilated, pretty much the same rate, right? Um, and so this, this woman gets up on stage and she's trying to, ain't like y'all don't know. I'm just, I'm just, since we have this stage, I need to let y'all know. Mm-hmm. They didn't want her on stage. So they then proceeded to remove her oh. off stage. In the I don't know if it was in the middle of or before she tried to say something, probably in the middle of. And I'm over here like, wait a minute. That would be fucked up wherever you at. Yeah. But bitch, you at Stonewall. Marsha was the first motherfucker that threw the brick. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. A black chance woman. So this is relevant. It's not like she got up there and was <laughs> and started talking about cheese. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting context, exactly. right? So she gets exactly. up during World Pride and addresses an issue that affects mm -hmm. the LGBT community. <laughs> mm -hmm. And is told to shut up? Yes, among other things. Now, I was not there. I'm hearing from secondhand. Um, but it was a bit of a spectacle. Oh. Um, and <clears throat> the main culprits of this spectacle, of removing this black trans woman from the stage, were white gay men. Mm. Now. Mm. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm already knowing. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers. Okay. All right. All right. First of all, you tried to hijack the story mm -hmm. of Stonewall. Y'all motherfuckers would have never threw a brick. You know why? Because even though you couldn't dance with each other in public and you were in the closet you were still kind of okay. Mm. You had a, a certain level of comfortability in your white motherfucking lives, your white male lives. Mm -hmm. So, you, so it, you know, you, so you know, you know, so you ain't throwing no bricks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's why you didn't throw a brick. Okay. So this woman throws a brick 
and sparks basically the revolution that gives you your life, okay? And beforehand, you were throwing these women out of bars, mm -hmm. whether they were white, black, or whatever, just throwing them out of bars or throwing them out of your, your what you considered your space, okay? Right. All right. Um, and so now we fast forward, and you... And black trans women are being killed. I don't, I don't, I rarely have ever hear, or at least maybe it's the circles I run, mm -hmm. where most of the people I hear sounding alarm are other black people. Right. Other black queer people for the most part. And I don't be seeing no, you know, white, I, I don't like white gay men. Okay. I, um, I'm, or I'm not a fan of what they represent. I'm not a fan of their history. I'm not a fan of how, of, of their um, 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 affluence. I'm not a fan of their influence on the community. Because at the end of the day, mm. you are white, affluent for the most part, or at least have a closer proximity and access to affluence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not a big fan of that population um, of the queer community. Not, you know, this is not to say that there aren't individuals that are wonderful people just like with white people. Mm -hmm. But just like with white people, <laughs> there's this thing called whiteness that your gayness cannot, you cannot escape whiteness with your gayness. You cannot escape male privilege with your gayness. Mm. You cannot throw the AIDS epidemic in my face 30, excuse me, 40 years later, mm -hmm. no, 30 years later, and that and that be the, the, the oppression that trumps all of the oppressions that we still going through as people of color who are queer, you know? And it's like, because like every time that happens, it's like, well, we're oppressed and we went through, I was like, yes, you did. And that shit was fucked up. And mind you, a lot of black gay men died as well. Mm. Hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not a white gay man thing. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about you talk because I, it's gay men do to me what New York taxi drivers do. They bring an anger out that I don't always recognize in myself. It's it's like it it's like removing spinach from my tech. It's oh, you know what I mean? And 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 it's and it's a sense of almost another degree of powerlessness because again, what gives them power is their whiteness and their maleness. Mm -hmm. You know, and now that they got, you know, uh, marriage equality, what else what the fuck they what are y'all fighting for? You ain't fight for us. Yes, yeah, it's, it's done as far as I see. Make us our because like I really used to see I'm here in DC and I really used to see like um all of the HRC work mm. like out just doing, you know, outreach and all of this kind of stuff. I didn't see a whole lot of us um in it other than like a couple of programs, you know, every now and then they would let us use the space sometimes. Um, big beautiful building <laughs> but I don't know what they're doing with it like I don't know what their work is anymore like I don't know I don't see it <laughs> and it really was like it really feels like it was a one issue movement because that's the only issue that affects their core base and I've exactly. even had like my my black gay friends who were trying to like work with them in Atlanta and you know participate in a lot of their activities. Like black gay men were like, "Yeah, I'm good." Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You most, haven't most even the... made space mm -hmm. for the multitude <laughs> of gay men in that community 
So who is your work really about? You know, not for nothing, you know, Atlanta is, you know, the black gay capital, as in men, gay mm -hmm. capital of the world. And I don't see any HRC presence here. You know, um, the people who are doing the work here are not them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, and this kind of goes back to what we talked about before. Like in Chicago, they had this huge um, LGBT center and you would see the children. Like it was in the neighborhood. Like the people were out. Like it was always something going on, you know, for the entire community um, in that building. And so I went looking for things like that. I don't see that in the HRC. Like I, it is very clear where it is, it's not for everybody. Like the events that they have, it's not for everybody. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's you it's really interesting, like going to different places and seeing like what that what the community looks like in different cities, like what is being made available. I don't even see I used to see a lot of the drop in centers for for kids, like the literal like teenagers. Mm -hmm. I don't see those anymore. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I think, you know, we had mentioned this before in an early episode that, um, you know, like the LGBT centers are losing their impact. I still, they still have a purpose, mm -hmm. period. Because sometimes, you know, you can be online and all that, but, you know, because queer, there is uh, more of us out, really it comes down to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've made community, you know, that you have options now. Before, if you're coming out, you went to the center. Yeah. That was the one destination you knew that you can figure, you can begin to figure shit out. Now there are many organizations, there are many events, there are many, there's a lot, a lot of a lot that, that young kids, I mean, not for nothing, kids are just coming out, period, just like regular teenagers, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's a blessing. But I'm talking about like the safety. Like the centers were, yeah. especially if you were on the streets, like you could go there when they open, you could be there all day, you could eat, you were warm, like all right. of those things. The rest of those um, realities have not disappeared because of gay marriage, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's right. not like that that necessity isn't still there, isn't still present. Like I have- Oh, but they're protected from that though. Cause they're, they're in neighborhoods where things like that just don't happen. Mm. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. I get on my fucking nerves. I, I I really I really I really you know, and I know brothers too. They're like, I, I said, I'm good on the white boys. And I, I can't. I even get like I can start breaking out in hives. Like I was in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, when I was in Cincinnati, and um, uh, there was a point when the show was over and everything, and there was some function going on downstairs, and it was mostly white gay boys. I could do no more than four to nine seconds. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm out. I'm out with Uber. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't. It's something about their energy. It's like, it's almost like privilege times 10, right? Mm. It's like, okay, whiteness, maleness, and you're in a community that completely and absolutely affirms and doesn't dare to challenge that. Mm -hmm. Whiteness yeah. <laughs> and maleness. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're in la-la land. Of course you're an ass. Of course you're an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course you're 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 single minded and 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 you know you have your blinders on and all y'all see is y'all. Y'all don't even see other gay men. You know y'all just see y'all. Mm. And like y'all see other gay men when you want to fetishize uh, black gay men, maybe. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So and to to kind of speak to that uh, for Pride mm -hmm. Month, queerest folk was on. <laughs> 
I've never, I never watched it. Really? I never watched it. I never watched. I barely got through the L word. I'm keep it real. I keep it real. Now I definitely I, watched. I got through the L word. I got through it. I got through it. But it, <laughs> no, no, I was no, mad I at the book. I was mm. because huh? I watched Queer as Folk because at the time I am a nice, wholesome little Muslim wife. <laughs> Trying to dip her toe in the water. What's going on in my mind? I'm just yes. opening. And I just remember looking, like seeing the show, thinking like, oh, that's a thing? <laughs> oh my God. You were so innocent. I was totally like oblivious. I told you I was hanging around all the lesbians at school just because I love that they, all, you know, all the girls were hanging out. I didn't even, even know that they were gay. <laughs> But yeah, I remember watching <laughs> Queer as Folk and like just as it was coming on today, I was like, yo, like, were there any black people on this show? Like, did they have even a black character that came on for one season? Did they did they ever have a name? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Which yeah, leads to, to like why we need to do our own programming. Yes. Though I did see, um, you ever watch, um, um, Designated Survivor? No. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a show that it was, it was on regular TV. And then I noticed for the third, was the third or fourth season? Anyway, the let this past season, it's just Netflix exclusive. Oh, right. Okay. So I was like, oh, snap. So I'm watching it and there's a character there, a young black gay man who works for the, um, for the White House and his boyfriend is, is a, um, a secret service agent. Okay. And I knew that wasn't on regular TV. You on Netflix now, baby, because <laughs> they was... Yeah. Because they was getting... Even I was like, ooh, this is hot as fuck, boy. Mm-hmm. This, this might be too much for some people. Yeah. Y'all going from no sex at all or just straight, hence to straight sex, mm-hmm. you know, to all out, oh, niggas too deep. You know, like, woo! <laughs> yes, oh. honey. They, 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 I mean, you was feeling it, you know what I mean? You was there in bed with them. Oh, and wow. I, I, I thought it was hot, but I'm sure some people had issues, but oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Because when do you see, when do you see us? Yeah. When do you see, it's not It's not a black man with a white man. Mm-hmm. But when they have the token um, a black man, he's always, it's always an interracial um, couple. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. And nothing wrong with an interracial couple. But, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm being, I'm being a dick now. <laughs> but, but, but in the context of TV, no. No, 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 no. That's for to make y'all comfortable. That don't make us comfortable. Cause that ain't a reality for us. That's reality for some of us. Mm. The minority of us. <laughs> right, right. What was the show? The the black uh, gay show. But oh, oh, Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Yes, I yes, love that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I met him at um at um at the Cincinnati uh, Pride. The brother played Noah. Daniel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the thing is that when I, I we was having dinner, I was like, why does this nigga look so fucking familiar? <laughs> it literally took, girl, it took, <laughs> it took me like a day and a half. Like, oh shit, Noah. Right. Oh, cool. But he was, but by then, I mean, whatever. He's, he is a sweet, like how his character was sweet. Mm-hmm. He's sweet. He's a sweet young man. Well, not young man. I guess yeah. black don't crack. I don't think he's like young, young, but he's, he's a sweet man. Good. You know. Anyway, anyway, so we just want to say a big middle finger to, um, the white gay men's movement of bullshit that never serves anyone but themselves and to the specific white men 
that rudely escorted that black woman off stage to talk about the death of black women, mm. black trans women in particular. Okay, mm-hmm. so fuck you and your mama too. I second right? that emotion. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wonderful. So this is the part of the show. Um, first of all, let me just give y'all a heads up that um, Red and I are going to be going on vacation in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the month of August, you know, because aunties, you know, need a break, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll and we'll come back to you in September, which is Pride Month here in um well Black Pride Month here in Atlanta. Um, but leading up to uh, our August leave hiatus, um. We wanted to properly take the next uh, couple of weeks or so to properly introduce um, aspects of a film that both Red and I was involved with. Now, we've mentioned this film a few times um, on the air, but never really went into any real depth. Um, maybe a little bit when Teak was on um, here. I'm not Probably. sure. I can't remember, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but but we keep like talking about you people, but not really talking about what the hell it is or what it was. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do now. And then we're going to play, we're going to play like a series of clips over the next couple of um, weeks or so um, and talk about it and just kind of introduce you guys to it. Okay. Yeah. So um, as the producer and director of You People, basically You People was... <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the way that I, I like describe it, interject. like really Yeah, well, yeah you, you describe, it's like, you describe. <laughs> Yes, it's the... It was the B-roll <laughs> that became right so much more than it was, right? So Hanifa had a song that was out. Well, God, why did I just it's, lose it's the song? It was called Make a, Make a Move. It's called Make a Move. Yes. Make a Move. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody who loves Hanifa came together <laughs> and we were making this music video. And it was super, super cute. Like all the people were beautiful and wonderful. We were so excited to be in this brownstone together, reenacting um, just the way it used to be. You know, um, it still is. It still is to an I, extent. I mean, even as far as I mean, even, now, we move back to people's houses instead of being out. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe not as much, but you know, we still have. We still, but basically, what she's 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 hinting to, and then I'll slap it back to you. Um, what she's hinting to is um, the 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 idea for the video came out of an actual house party that I went to, of all black women's house party, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I was just thinking, cause I already knew I wanted to do a um, I wanted to do a music video. I just didn't have a treatment for it. Mm. And I just all of a sudden I was in the party chilling, and I think I was talking to Zena actually. Mm. I don't know who I was talking. I think it was Zena. Um, and I was like, people don't see us. Like this, mm, yeah. people don't know us. I mean, all people, even other yeah. queer people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, what if somebody was a fly on the wall? And that's when I—that was the initial idea. It's like to make these vignettes within the music video, um, and the, and the whole video was taking place in in a, in a house party. But there's these vignettes that kind of give you let everyone be a fly on the wall to the conversations of what's going on, you know, at a at a at a gay girl's house party mm-hmm. <laughs> in Brooklyn. That, so that was that was the premise. So we went in like full frontal and was like, you know, everybody get on board who want to get on board. We got some new people up in there, yes. but mostly friends um, and family just coming together. Um, and what it amounted to was it was a cast of 30 folks um, that were all, except for two brothers that were holding it down, were all 
either um, uh, lesbians, straight women, bisexual, or trans men of color. My mm-hmm. bad. Yes. Um, yes. And so that, you know, was us trying to make a music video in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> and doing it all ourselves. And, <laughs> and doing it yes. all ourselves. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It's, but like we had other, we had the camera that was shooting the video. And then we had like other B-roll cameras that were catching conversations that were happening in the dressing room, in the makeup room, uh, behind the, the scenes, outside. Yeah. And that footage was so yummy. I can't even <laughs> express to you because when we first we would when we would wrap the video shoot up we would fo- we didn't even think about those B rolls mm-hmm. like we edited the um the video and sent it to logo it was like yay and then me and Olive that was my my girlfriend at the time and she was a cinematographer mm-hmm. you know she was like I mean not she was like but you know we were like you know yo let's check out let's check out you know all the all the footage they took you know to see what's on it might be some funny shit because I initially just wanted it to be documented because when do you get these kinds of people together to make anything right yeah at that time so we started looking at those tapes girl we was like ooh mm-hmm. we got ooh ooh what ooh. when did all this happen where was you without I don't know yeah. where was you like you all were you know, inside shooting so, and focused you were yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, this was going on? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. It was it was an immediate understanding that we now had a responsibility. A responsibility to not sit on this. Yeah. Because what I wanted to maybe achieve with the music video, what was in those B-rolls actually achieved it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, we have the responsibility that we can't, we can't sleep on this, but if we do something with it, the editing process is going to be like brutal because we have the responsibility to to retell what happened those two days, um, make sure that we retell it with a clarity mm-hmm. and honesty to honor people who are essentially our friend. End of the day, they know better accountability than somebody who knows where you live. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You know, so there was account, and there was accountability to also the community. You know, yeah. not like you know, like going into it wasn't like I'm not gonna make this so straight folks can understand. I, I mean, that's a part of it, but there was more in those tapes. I said, no, this is us. How many times do we actually see us? Like we feel that we know us, but see us objectively, mm-hmm. like see us on screen being us. And so the editing process really wanted to make sure that that was a pure enough of a reflection. People can, can dive in, no matter who you were, you can dive in to these people who were in this brownstone for these two days. Yeah. Doing this work of art. So um, we thought what we would do is play, um, obviously, an audio, abst- you know, uh, um, extract. Uh, extract. Uh, extract? We're going to play a piece of <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. We're going to play it. We're going to, we're going to play a piece of the movie. We'll play a clip. This is, this is a clip. <laughs> play a clip. I was just trying to say, obviously you can't see it. It's a podcast. So it's going to be the audio. Um, and just to preface the clip, this is a clip that actually feature, features Teak um, and Ignacio. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and these were two people at the time. I, I, I think it's important to preface this, that at the time, uh, both Teak and Ignacio were in the beginning of transitioning. Mm-hmm. So when I mean in the beginning of transitioning, that means that they haven't developed their language for themselves. They haven't 
became firm on how they wanted to be addressed just yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I want people who know who Teak Milan is may be surprised by uh, what I, and listening to it now, it may sound like a sense of not indecisive. I don't think Teak was ever, it was never indecisive, but as he was processing it, he always processed things vocally, you know? So yeah. it's, it's never like, and writing. you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and writing, exactly. And, yeah. and writing. So I think you need to understand that when you um, listen to this clip. And, and here we go. I know that there are a, lot, a couple of straight people that are, you know, allies, or, you know, but um, I think, I'm not sure, I think I'm the only person that identifies as trans, but that's right. like not an, only for my right. friends, right. you know, like y'all understand that, but other right. people don't right. understand what that right. is. Just like that woman looking at me and saying, that, that ain't no boy, that's a boy, yeah. that's not a boy, but you know, that's a, you ain't no boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, I identify as trans too, but at... I don't make it. I don't make it an issue. It's like you can call me Tika, or you can call me Tika. You can call me he or she. I was she, gonna but, ask you about that. Yeah, because in the streets, I pass for men every day, yeah. all day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for people that know me, it's she. And then out in the world, it's he. It's a, it's a, it's a trip. It right, is a right. fucking trip. When people think I'm a god. I kind of like giggle, like yeah. you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> I got this one time. I was in the gym, right? And at the gym, they think I'm a dude. So like, I'm working out. And the guy's like, "Hey, bro, can you come help me out?" And I was like. Uh, and he's bench pressing like 250 pounds. I was like, spot me. I was like, this man is going to die today. Stop <laughs> it. I just want to be able to express right. my gender differently. And I step outside of the box of what it is to be a female. Mm -hmm. Or whatever the hell that is. Because we only know about male and female. That's right. it. But there's, there's more than that. It's not so much I think I was born a man. I'm just not a woman. I'm just not doing what, the is woman Is that because thing. of what you define as <laughs> Woman, and what I define as woman, what everybody more else than I mean, just physically, just how I look. I don't look like a woman. Right, but so here's the terrible thing: like Hanifa <laughs> and you are both similarly butch. No, seriously. I mean, you know, I, I, Hanifa's I, I, very butch. But so I identify like, as a woman. That's what I was talking about as far as the, the, how you define womanhood and broadening womanhood. that definition. Right. Why can't that be inclusive? It's like, okay, I, I, it's, it's, see, it gets weird. For, maybe we just, it's just a lack of what the language uh, allows us. We don't have language for it, all right? But it's like when you say, I feel like a man, where I'm coming from is like, when you say that, what exactly are you saying? And what kind of man are you talking about? Right. You know what I'm saying? And then in that turn, what kind of woman are you really talking about? Right. And my whole thing is, you know, you know I mean? I'm a masculine person. My masculinity is what's, my energy is centered around being a masculine person. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so if I'm masculine on the inside, I want my masculinity to translate on the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, but does that mean that I'm some type of heterosexual man? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I could be a man without all the maleness, without the misogyny, without the lack of emotions, without without all of those bad things that come with men, but also with the good with, with the good things that come. Yeah, maybe maybe it's the flip of broadening the definition of manhood then. Right. It can be the flip. Broaden the definition? Well, I know it's kind of broad already, but yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Just having a dick is not about being, it's not what being a man is about. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I had an ex-girlfriend, and she was like, well, you know, I'm a lesbian, and if you become a man, then I'm going to be straight. And it's, it's just, <laughs> there's this whole grieving process, you know what I'm saying? If me or any other trans person is going to make that change, then the woman that you're with has to make a change. Your parents are going to go from having a daughter to a son, you know, from from a niece to a nephew, from no an aunt to an uncle. Everybody <laughs> has to make this transition with you. And it's like a death of the person, of the woman that you are. Right? If you're a trans-identified person and you're passing as a man and you're, you're more so identifying with your masculinity, does that mean that I have to lose my, my female community? Does that mean no. if I was to take these right. steps mm -hmm. and to do this, am I going to lose all of you or, or, or everybody or, or the community that I've grown up in? You know what no. I'm saying? But to a certain extent, you do. But my 
if, if that's the choice you that you're going for. Yeah, but, but the thing is, I might choose that, but but I don't want to be straight. I don't want to hang out with a whole bunch of straight people. Nobody, nobody is trans. Are you trans? And I'm not heterosexual. <laughs> like, but you're a person. Like, yeah, but it's two totally different communities. Wow. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the beautiful things, you know, about, you know, uh, this, these clips um, that I appreciated about Teak in particular, um, mm -hmm. Or rather, even the time, because mind you, this is 2006, right? Yeah. So, like, trans issues were not just new to the white... Well, it was... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the wider audience... I mean, the wider people, you know, just the, the population. <laughs> you know, straight folks mm -hmm. even knew what, who's on first, who's on second. Like, they didn't know nothing. But it right, still was right. fairly new, you know, um... Uh, to the community, or rather, no, not new to the community. It wasn't new to the community. I think the movement was gaining, was starting to gain a certain amount of steam, and that steam was new. Would you say that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so, I think like the language, right? The the terminology, the the mm -hmm. presence was was just starting to be. Yeah, just starting to come out, so to speak. <laughs> the language was was kind of new at the time. Everyone was kind of feeling it out and and seeing like what you know what the, what the T in the LGBT was going to look like socially, <laughs> right? And not just that that we hadn't seen trans people before, but as as a part of this movement that was gaining this 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 like yeah the steam the momentum like what did the trans community look like within especially in relationship to the the rest of the the alphabet yeah i mean well you know let's speak in the context in which we know um and and that's the context of the 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 uh lesbian um people of color community mm -hmm. <laughs> so so the lesbian poc right yeah um because that was, you know, a community that both of us was pr pretty succinctly in, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you would, you know, you would hop around to a couple of parties where everybody be involved. But basically the people you hung around would look like you, you know. I mean, that's just, you know, human nature in many ways. But um, so I think it, it, it was definitely new to us and everyone was processing it. And it's interesting, like in the clip, you know, Teak is like, you know, um, am I, you know, if I do this, you know, as I transition, when I transition, am I going to lose all of y'all? Mm -hmm. And I think our reaction was like, nah, nigga. You yeah, know, like, we love you. No. Nah, we, we love you. But I don't think he was really speaking to us per se. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or, or, or not even, or rather calling us out. Because obviously this came from a place of him already experiencing, mm -hmm. you know, a backlash. Because at that time, and listen, children, again, we're speaking in our 2006 voices here. Yeah. And this is, we're, we're going to bring you back in time. Back, <laughs> back into time. <laughs> but I remember my, my initial interactions with the trans movement, especially when it came to black trans men. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact that it was firmly believed or rather firmly felt that it was some sort of betrayal yeah. to your womanhood. 
Like, oh. why can't you be a butch? Or why can't you own just own your masculinity, right? And so the idea of feeling disconnected from your physical body was something so new mm-hmm. to at least my community. You know what I mean? That I think that in that clip, I know I was trying to also trying to find the language to understand, like, cause I think I, what I say, I said, uh, uh the fuck, um, about, uh, you know, well, how do you define manhood? How do you define womanhood? Mm-hmm. Cause I think at that time I was like, you know, womanhood is this huge game. I was like, womanhood is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that at that time, many of us, as we tried to be understanding, we still had a discomfort because we felt like that person um wasn't like owning their 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 womanhood or was or was rather dismissing um their womanhood for privilege mm. basically so my know? relationship to the um abandonment was not re- um in relationship to womanhood but i think like once i got into this fight for community and this fight for the lesbian you know, community of color, then it felt like you all are leaving us to go be straight. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And that was where I kind of struggled in the beginning, like trying to figure out like, no, you're not losing us. You're leaving us. Right. Mm. (laughs) And that was like really where I had to, you know, was especially with my, my personal friends, like kind of do that work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Tink was actually really instrumental in helping me because uh, he was best friends with my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was it was an intimate affair in many ways. Yeah. Um, and also Tink being Tink came out in probably like just a gold star way. You know, yeah. I, mean, I think should be the template for coming out. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but that, but that was real, you know, and I think... You know, a lot of the transphobia, the way it looked, even for those of us who we felt we thought we were educated or we thought we was this, we had this firm, a lot of us were raised, you know, by a generation that had a really clear understanding of this ain't this fight ain't over. We as women gotta fight for everything, you know. Um and I and I think another thing was like we felt like, oh, so all the energy is going to y'all, like what what we what, what we, we we're privileged in some way. You know, mm. we, I think a lot of us could not understand the idea of us being black women yeah. <laughs> being privileged, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I would be like on on top of that. I'd be like, and I look like me. Nah, what the fuck you talking about, right? Yeah. Um. So it's, you know, and that began me on my journey on understanding that privilege is also relative. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Everyone, everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone, everyone has a privilege mm-hmm. even if i mean there even you know even as say a black trans um woman if you're a black trans woman of means you have privilege over black trans women who don't have shit mm-hmm. even if you're a black trans woman who do, don't have means you got privilege over just trying to cross the border nigga like mm-hmm. i mean you know what i mean like you know what i'm saying yeah. so everything that's maybe a poor example but everyone has privilege over someone it's all relative and i don't think a lot of us understood that um, back then, yeah. um, those of us, yeah, who was like, you know, why are you saying that I have privilege? I don't have privilege. I'm, I'm fucked, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and you know, in many ways we still are fucked, but there is a degree of privilege. <laughs> yeah. Being this gender, you know? I agree that that was, um, also a part of 
like some of the the work that needed to be done. Um, and and still, I don't think that it's like um, settled, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. definitely there are a lot more women who are present and vocal and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like out in the front in defense of things that we were not in defense of before, especially for our trans sisters. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's going to take a minute, um, like all things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the thing is to be consistent with the messaging. Mm-hmm. It's not like having that fall off cause it just takes a minute. That's all mm-hmm. for people to get, uh, comfortable with themselves so they can be comfortable with others because you know that's what it is in the day yeah you know when you when you feel like you have a let a loss of power in some way you're deflecting you're or you're targeting something that really has nothing to do with what the issue is mm-hmm. you know and that's something i've i've learned um over time um as well but unlearning um, is difficult like, yeah, once you have oh, decided yeah. where you stand on something and then that is challenged and you have to grow your idea of what the world is and is not like that's not a clean, you know, easy process. Yes. And it's a process that every <sighs> how many times we got to say it? <laughs> Every generation goes through. Yeah. So even though as you sit here, maybe listening to this show as a 20-something, even early 30-something, and you're very clear, clear, crystal clear on your politics, even maybe your own personal identity, because mm-hmm. my identity has changed over time as well. Yeah. But you're clear on your politics, and you can't see it being no other way, or maybe shift a little to the right, a little to the right. So help me, ancestors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Find the words to explain to you that it always changes. And it's always that tipping point that it changes to an extent where you don't quite recognize it. Mm-hmm. And and there's a part of you that's like, uh-uh, hell to the motherfucking no. <laughs> this is what is what. I don't know this little, this little something like maybe y'all, when this happens, y'all be in your late 30s or 40s. But I don't know little 20-something motherfuckers is talking about. Yeah. You know, I got to learn more words. No, we got all the words. We covered the whole alphabet during my generation. What you talking about? We included literally everybody. Everybody. <laughs> but no. And then they'll throw no. that whole thing away and they'll have like one succinct word to cover everyone. And all of that work that you did to, to make space for people will be thrown out the window and you will have to adjust. <laughs> and why does this happen? Why does this happen? Because it goes through the getting grown mill. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is that when you're in your young, when you're, well, when you're coming of age, so that's from teenagehood to like, I would say late twenties, right? You're finding yourself and you're trying to find any stimuli information, whether that be college, whether that be friends, whether that be whatever, mm-hmm. your peers, whatever, to help define what that is. And now you're all growing together mm-hmm. and you are putting all of this new knowledge or new whatever in concrete form as a generation you're doing this yeah. but what happens is there's a generation behind you that has to go through the same thing mm-hmm. and every generation is like this ain't enough yeah this does not fully describe me i need my space i need to get in there somehow mm-hmm. i need to have words terminology a sense of understanding that is unique or i feel it's unique but it speaks to my generation. Mm-hmm. They don't say those words like that, but that's what the, that's what the process is like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
Just what, the words that they dollars. say is you're old fashioned. <laughs> this is the new way we do it now. <laughs> exactly. But I tell you this, you know, and you know, don't try not to, it's going to be hard. I trust me. It will be so hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. But f- try to find the wherewithal to say, okay, okay, okay. Have patience with them because they're going to have a lot of fucking energy and they're going to have very little patience with you. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, okay. So I need to ask them to explain things to you. Like be, don't resist it right away mm-hmm. because they're young. So a young person introducing it to you, Yeah. you know, because, and this is why I say this, because you want to learn it because there is information that you can give to them. That's within context of what they're formulating for themselves, yeah. but they won't be open to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they won't be open to it if you are dismissive of them immediately because it's, it seems like it's going so against the grain of what you were raised to understand. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you know, watch this show called Years and Years. It was on HBO. No, you have I've HBO? never heard of it. I do. I have absolutely every channel, Hulu and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> And a Amazon stick, like I have all. Well, of I think I think it comes on Tuesdays, and it's like on the third episode. Years and years. So, um, and I think I, I un- unknowingly uh, posted a clip from it um, onto um, uh, the Jagay Auntie's Instagram. I thought it was so funny. It was kind of around the same thing. Okay. It's just a small clip of like uh, one of the characters' daughter. This is in the future. One of the characters' daughter is um, there's no more phones anymore. You know, it's, you she it's embedded. In your hand, mm. your phone, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of freaking. Oh, well, she did like this or something. Like this, yeah, exactly, <laughs> okay. exactly, right? She made like the phone so symbol like, with her hand. Know. Yeah, exactly, right? So they, she has like some shit in her hand. Now it's not until I actually watch the show that I say, "Oh, this is actually a perfect example of what we, you and I, are talking about mm-hmm. right now." So the context of her doing that is that there's a, uh, I think the second episode. For whatever one of them episodes she her parents by sneaking up on her uh on her just sneaking up on what she's searching her 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 search history mm-hmm. they find out that she's looking at trans stuff right mm-hmm. so that, so at this time now mind you this is a this is a show that it, it goes five years in the future every episode oh, right gosh. so it's like already 10 years so it's like 2030 or something like that right and so the parents are like, oh, okay, so we got a trans, we got a trans, okay, she's trans, so all right, so we're going to make sure she's good, you know, see if she, like, they already, like, there's no, like, parents, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're scared, you know, so these are actually all millennial, or even, I would even say Gen I-ish, no, no, millennial parents, right, like, square parents, like, you know, 40s, you dead up in your 40s mm-hmm. now, right, and so they step to her, and they like, yo, um, so is there anything you want to tell us? And so she's like, Mom, Dad, I think I'm trans. They immediately go right into work, like, baby, we love you. Now, it may take us a minute to get roll with it, and we'll, we'll get the pronouns right, baby. It's all good, but we love you. Anything you need, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not transgender. I'm transhuman. Oh. <laughs> right? And they look at Yo, when she tries to explain to them what transhuman is, and that everything is data and she wants to live in a digital space literally they go off on her like parents went off on trans kids and 
1972. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and like, bitch, get okay, the fuck. Yeah, like, I mean, like, check it out. You know. So I mean, so there's always something that trumps. Pardon the pun. There's always something that that one ups yeah. what your generation did because of that seeking mechanism. It's a seeking, trying to figure mm. it out. You know, and what's already there a lot of times is just not enough. Not the way, because they're built, they're raised on a bit of that, but then their brains are looking towards the future. So, you mm -hmm. know, as we did when we were 20 something, bada bang, bada boom, right. you just do, <laughs> you know? That's what's Absolutely. beautiful about being young, you know? But and what's beautiful get about <laughs> getting older, right? Exactly. <laughs> because then you get to see that pattern happening again and again. Again and, and again. again. And, and then again. you get to like yeah. where my grandmother was, she was not shocked by anything, anything. that I rolled up in there talking about. She just said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to be like that. I still react yeah. though. But I can imagine like living like literally decades, like seven decades, eight decades. Mm -hmm. So basically you've lived six-ish, five to six full-ass generations. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you've seen it come and go. Born, right. go to high school, go to college. Oh, why don't you come home with something new? Okay. Got kids, her kids, mm -hmm. go to high school, go to college. Oh, you come home with something new? Why? Okay. Their mm -hmm. kids. Go. You know what I mean? Like it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so it's, 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 I don't know. I guess it's a beautiful thing. You know, it really is. You know, I, you know except when it annoys me, but it's beautiful. <laughs> and things do annoy <laughs> us as well. <laughs> it does. It does. Cause sometimes I'm like, y'all got to shut the fuck up today. Please, mm -hmm. please give a bitch a break. <laughs> For real. For real. Cause now I'm, I, I really don't find much. You know what? My thing is like, it's not so much the, it's not, you know what annoys me now? It's not so much what someone's saying, it's how they're saying it. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, um, yeah. I'm like, can you rein it in, tone it down, take it down a notch? You are two feet away from me. Why are you shouting? You are two, you like, are you trying to make a friend or make an enemy? Because you, you, you Ooh. going towards enemy the way you talking to me right now. And I ain't done said shit, you know? So... <laughs> Or, or, or you know, it's kind of like that, like you know, like the kind of like a uh, um, activist, you know, you know, you know what you know what it is, you know. Here's 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 the thing. Here's the, it's the equivalent of a new poet that doesn't hasn't learned dynamic shit mm. of, of of spoken word. So they stay on ten yeah. all the time. As I say, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. bring it down. Chill. What's the story being told here? Because you want ten <laughs> to the whole three minutes. Yeah. Like that, like the, if you get louder, I'm supposed to listen more intently. <laughs> mm, yeah. Absolutely. So it's kind of like that. Like it's like a one, one, you know, one note Nancy, you know what I mean? Like it's monotone. Right. It's like some, some people who are new into their activism or new into their sense of identity are passionate, but passionate on one tone. They haven't had a, um, they haven't developed a, oh gosh a communicative relationship with themselves yet. How do I communicate mm. myself to the world? Because yeah. most of the time it's inward. I'm communicating with myself, trying to figure out my identity, figure shit out. You know what I mean? And then you're communicating with your with your peer group and they can take that at 10, 24, 7 shit. But then you, <laughs> at some point you gotta... <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate that shit. I hate that shit. That's a, I, I... Anyway. But at some point yes. you have to go out into the world 
<laughs> we have to go out. Oh, you have to go out to the world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to learn how to communicate who you are. <laughs> okay, I'll, I can go on and on. I can go on. I won't go on and on no more. But um, anyway, so that's you people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one snippet. That's one snippet of you uh, people. We're going for the next couple of weeks, you know, play, you know, a couple of more snippets and talk about it. But um, if you do want, uh, if you're curious um, about you people, um, you always can go on Amazon or just go to youpeoplemedia.com. That's where your gay aunties is kind of hovering as well. I'll maybe put a link also at uh, on Instagram. And of course, and like always, um, we love your letters. If you need advice yeah. about life, love, you name it, um, holla at your gay aunties at your gay aunties at gmail.com um, or on Instagram at your gay aunties. And with that being said, I am Hanifa Molina. And I am Red Summer. And we are your gay aunties. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Keep it time. Keep it time.